we want our customers to have the Daimler experience. And the reason why mortgage rates are coming down is because the expectation is that the Bank of England base rate is going to come down. When property prices come off, that's the time when we've got to help our customers out the most. Welcome to the Property Developers Secrets Podcast. Making developments more achievable. Hello and welcome to the Property Developers Secrets Podcast with myself, Lloyd Girardi. And myself, Andy Cook. And we are joined live by Scott Marshall from Roma Finance, someone that is a good friend to Whitebox uh, and also a dear friend personally to ourselves. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lloyd. So yeah, we're here we're actually on a, one of our mastermind sessions as well. So this is a live recording in front of guests. So we'll get some questions at the end of the podcast as well um, from the guys in the room. But let's, uh, let's start with yourself. So who are Roma Finance? So Roma Finance, we are one of the uh, better known, um, a household name within our industry. We do development finance, we do bridging finance, refurbishment finance, auction finance, um, and buy-to-let mortgages as well. And you are the founder, CEO, managing director, the chief of Roma Finance. Yeah, yeah. in, in, the, early, in the early days, I, I took money out of my own home to to start that business so yeah uh, i'm the guy that started it i'm the guy that um or one of the one of the founders there was a, a high net worth that uh, was involved also in the early days because there's only so much equity that one has in one's own home particularly when you are you know not particularly high owner as, as i wasn't in those days um and um, so i was joined by a high net worth he's still very much involved in the business um so is the the finance director that that joined um in those early days um and it's always good to have a, a strong finance director in, in any business um but where we are now um 50 staff so fast forward from the first loan we wrote in 2010 um to where we are now 50 50 staff um nine different institutions that are lending into roma for us to to lend out um, including, you know, well-known banks, building societies, um, uh, VC debt funds. Um, the British Business Bank have got uh, a line into us for us to create new, you know, more residential homes in the UK, back SME developers that the banks don't support. Um, and it's, I'm sure we're going to come to the economic backdrop, but actually it's incredibly exciting times at the moment. That's um, really interesting for you to call it exciting times because a lot of people are looking at recessions and quite a negative outlook into um, what's happening really and the, the current economic climate but we'll get onto that in a second but Roma are really good friends with White Box and as Lloyd said you know we're personal friends now but we met in 2015 didn't we so I think it was what's that three years or five three to five years after you started Roma mm. you were you were growing as a lender at the time you specialized in bridging loans uh, you didn't do some of the other products that you do now, um, and we were looking for bridging loans because we'd just moved up to a new area in Cumbria, and we were looking for some support. And now the area we're at in Cumbria was it was a working town. It wasn't like the Lake District, so not every lender would be interested. And um, I suppose our loans came across your desk. So yeah, how did how did that sort of work at the time? So the the business model of Roma is is different from virtually every other lender that's in our space. Um, in a our business is all about backing people. And if we understand the people that we are lending to um, and we can help them to make money, to create value out of property, actually, because the customer is creating equity within property, um, 
if we treat that customer well, they'll come back with more and more business. So it's all about the customer. If you get the customer right, um, the property becomes irrelevant because you never have to call on it. Okay, so a lot of our, the lenders in our space, it's all about um, what I call property pawnbroking. So property is worth that. They want to borrow that loan to value. What can go wrong? Well, we've seen what can go wrong in the current environment where properties don't sell and, 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 the, mar and, and the market takes a turn. But actually, um, if you get the customer right and they are doing good things, um, then and you treat that customer well, they will come back to you with future business. And that really is the model of Roma. How can we lend money to people who are using our money to create money and give them a good experience so that they want to come back again with the next project and we can build strategic long-term relationships with borrowers that actually enjoy the, lend the lending and the borrowing experience and want to do more in the future. And so when we met you in 2015, um, we, that was exactly the way that we underwrote you two as individuals. We I don't know how to, we got finance. No, well, Andy yeah, was about the customer. How did uh, we get it? Andy was very strong. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not what you said the other day. <laughs> um, but but it's all about the the, the person or the people that you're backing, um, and you know. You'll remember the the, meet, the first meeting that we had. Oh, I remember it very well, Scott. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Where, it very well. You know, we, we were asking you some difficult questions deliberately to understand you. Oh, they pray, played proper good cop, bad cop. Didn't yeah. we? we did. Ian Steve. Yeah. We, we did. Yeah. yeah, we did. And you were the bad cop, in case you were mistaken by yeah. that. Yeah. And bad cop, by the way, was a good name we mentioned for you. <laughs> <laughs> Live on air, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but but the idea was was to really get under get under the skin of who the two of you and actually the three of you at the time, um, who the three of you are, and whether as custodians of our money, which is what you were, okay, and we were funding the majority of the, of, of the purchase prices at the time, um, that our money was safe. Um, yeah, no, that's good. And that, you know, property is a relationship business, mm -hmm. and we've had a, a very strong relationship ever since then in 2015. But there was... Um, there's a whole story behind that day, and it started well before you even got there, before you even knew, and... Um, I'll just briefly go into it, and then we'll get into the market conditions. But it is um, it, it it does reinforce how these things happen. They're chance meetings a lot of the time, aren't they? And um, and we so I'd been going up and doing the, the Cumbria projects, and we bought three pubs and, and three houses in three days, and I've never been to the town. That's a whole different story. Um, but then we needed to to purchase those. So obviously we're meeting you now, Lloyd. It wasn't it was my project, not Lloyd's necessarily. So it was the first time he'd actually been. Um, to the area we were working the day that we were meeting you. And he had to obviously come up. So you wanted to meet all the partners involved. So we put our smart jackets on. We drove all the way up from Northampton. Well. Yeah, all the way up from Northampton to Cumbria. Four and a half hours um, one-way trip. And we got there. We were meeting you at late morning, 11 o'clock or whatever. And we went into the, the biggest of the buildings, which was uh, an old derelict pub. There was three of these pubs. And um, it ended up being a 31-bed sort of um, HMO, which we turned into service accommodation later on, so give you a size of the building. Um, it was quite a big project. We met you there. It was the first time we'd actually got into the building ourselves, and we got locked out of all the upstairs, and the owner was on holiday, wasn't he? So we tried every key there. Um, we found an elaborate route through the cellars, through the beer chute, up the fire escape at the back, took a piece of glass out at the top of the fire escape with a shovel, um, the corner of a shovel, the, the, the old putty, and um, cut a long story short, we ended up getting arrested about an hour before we um, before we saw you on site that day. Uh, they realised quite quickly that you know it wasn't as it looked, and you know we were, we had actually bought it um, at auction. 
And um, yeah, but that flustered us a little bit. And we were like, we were meeting this big lender guy there. And um, yeah, we had a bit of a story. And then the day went on. And then, of course, as you said, you tested us a little bit with some of your questioning. And to be honest, we thought, well, that's blown it then. You know, we're going to have to find another lender. There's no, the lend, this lender's never going to loan to us. First time we properly met you. And um, we came out of that meeting, you know, with quite a negative feeling whether we were going to get those loans. And obviously, we know you really now well, well now. And your feeling was actually quite different, wasn't it? Yeah, completely. Um, so um, we asked di- difficult questions deliberately, um, and um, you know, the, the idea is really to, to understand, lift the bonnet on on the three of you, um, and to see what your plans and your objectives were. I came away from that meeting saying to myself, I could lend to these people every day of the week. Okay, and how can I work this in such a way that I can build a a strategic long-term relationship with um, these two or these three people? Um, And and the irony is is that we we ended up with seven, eight, nine, ten loans with you over the first kind of 18 months, but we then lost touch um, for almost two years and bumped into each other another networking yeah. event down in, down in London um, yeah. and then kind of rekindled um, the relationship and restarted things and I think that since 2017 2018 um, we've done you know an awful, you're an awful lot bigger than than you were then well I was talking about you uh, Andy not Lloyd <laughs> Lloyd's, Lloyd's not grown at all really I can, I can, uh, try miracle he, he's looking forward to going through puberty one day <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you know you, you're a much bigger business than, than you were then and, and we're, we, we're, we were then a bigger business than we were back in 2015 um, certainly was even you know substantially bigger now too and, and we've supported each other um, on our on our journeys um, to the to the point where you know we've seen you grow and take on bigger more complex stuff um, and w- which we've always been happy to support um, as we brought out new products we've offered them to you um, and the people that you've kind of brought to us uh, over the years as well as you know um, as we've had those products uh, and you know we will always want to support you um, and want to support the people that are involved with white box to help them to create money to create wealth themselves and their, their families on their property journey. Um, and you know you, you always look at not just the person or the people that you're lending to, it's, it's actually the package, everything that goes with it, okay? So the support framework that's in place for those people that are involved with the masterminders, you know, the access to, 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 to you, the, the, the architects, the QS, the planning consultants, the sourcing people, et cetera, actually, there's a support network in place for people because actually when you are a developer, it can be quite a lonely place. Um, so you need those friends, uh, those relationships around you to kind of help you get through challenges. And as, as, as you both know, when you're doing property development, actually something uh, there's a nuclear missile that can come out from the side to knock you off course. And actually having that support around you um, is incredibly valuable. And we'd said at the beginning of the podcast, you're here live because we're in front of the masterminders at the moment. Uh, and you come and help and support in that mastermind because, yeah, you want to be face-to-face with the people that are doing deals as well. So even though Rome has moved on as a company and grown, you are still wanting to be face-to-face. You are still wanting to see the people you're lending to, which I think is a is a great, well, great idea. And also, it's a, a win-win for both of us and yourselves. But in business, whatever the business is, whether you are um, you know, s- selling T-shirts or whether you are selling money, um, you're doing business with people people are doing business with people and understanding the people that you're doing business with um, is it's not a guarantee of success um, but 
having that relationship means that when you do need to pick up the phone and have a conversation, you've got that there where you can sit down and work out a way in which actually everybody can come out of it um, successful. Yeah, superb. So we want to talk about the market as well. I know this is time recording. It's the beginning of 2023. Um, Last week, the interest rates went to 4%. So as a lender, and interestingly, at the beginning of this, you said it's quite an exciting time for Mm. lending. Mm. Why is that? And what do you think the market looks like this year? Um, So it's interesting. I had a, a conversation with a representative from the Bank of England a couple of weeks ago. They're not just not just focused on us. There's, there's lots of um, businesses they talk to to try and get the data, the intel as to what's actually going on at you know at, at the uh, at the coalface. Um, but one of the things that was discussed was that believe it or not, the Bank of England is concerned not about inflation now because they believe that inflation is beaten, okay, or it's likely to be beaten. Um, but they're concerned that there will actually be in 12 months' time there'll be deflation. So you think back 12 months ago. Um, this is before Russia invaded Ukraine, okay? Where was interest, when were interest rates there then? Where was inflation then, okay? That, um, if we look at where we are now, no one could have forecast that we are where we are now. But you look at what's happened over the past, well, six months, okay? So back in August, um, there was an election of a, a new prime minister. Um, there was an, a new. There was a new prime minister. There was a new chancellor. Um, the decisions that they made, whether you agree with them or they, they don't, you don't agree with them, made the markets go, you know, in, into overdrive. Um, then there was another new prime minister, another new chancellor, um, and the markets have stabilised. But as a result of the markets having stabilised, so the pound has strengthened about twenty percent against the dollar. The majority, of which which reduces our import costs by 20%, because m- most things are obviously imported in, in dollars. Um, the second thing that it does, that it's done, um, is because there's more global stability, and the vast majority of commodities are actually traded in dollars. The price of those commodities has come down. Okay, so even though we're still seeing food inflation, which is high at sort of 16%. You look at what look at the cost of filling up your tank. It's materially lower than it was three or four months ago. Okay, now that's the raw material that goes into producing so many things, as other materials do as well. But if the if the value of those has come off by twenty thirty percent, and the pound has strengthened twenty percent, okay, that means that the cost, the import costs that are going into making things, producing things also is, is coming off, which means the cost of making those things is going to be lower, okay? And uh, albeit as long as there isn't some explosion in, in, in wages, okay, and, and that's another discussion which we can have, actually, it means that the end values of things should end up being lower too, okay? And you only have to look at, as I said, petrol, diesel, um, even some of the kind of, you know, I'm, I'm doing a project myself at the moment, and some of the timbers are materially lower than they were six months ago. Yeah, okay. I think there's a, a couple of reasons why that's come about. And, um, you know, for one, all, all the elements you said, but also the yards, you know, when the materials, for instance, for the building, obviously we're, we're, we're in developments ourselves, and the all of the suppliers were filling their yards up to try and stock control, weren't they, to mm. keep, cap the price when it was going through an exponential rise. Well, as we know, nothing can keep an exponential rise. So that started to cap off just as we started to see 
people's shelf developments because they weren't sure where the market was going. So there was less purchasing, more stock. Mm. So businesses then have to, you know, they've, they've got all their money tied up in stock. So they started to offload some of that at reduced prices and be a bit more competitive with their pricing. So it's short term, it helped some of that. And, and we also saw labor come back to the market, um, which was probably tied up 18 months ago, 12 months ago. Yeah, no, you, you, you're absolutely right. And, and um, if we then move on to the kind of financial markets, I know that um, in a session we just had, um, John from Pilotfish uh, made a you know, point about mortgage rates. Um, we're seeing that mortgage rates now um, are coming down, okay? And the reason why mortgage rates are coming down is because the expectation is that the Bank of England base rate is going to come down. So if the bank believes that inflation is beaten and it is on its way down, then there's no reason for them to continue to increase the base rate. And so because there's no reason for them to continue to increase the base rate, so that means that lenders who buy fixed-rate mortgages in to offer out to consumers, the cost of those fixed-rate mortgages goes down. Um, And and, and actually, as long as there's no nuclear event, so the, the big global challenges right now are China and Taiwan, Okay, Russia and Ukraine still, because something stupid can go on there still. As long as there is sort of, you know, global stability, actually, um, it's likely that base rates are not going to go up much higher than the four percent that they currently are. They might start, you know, tweak up a little bit, but the rate of pace of increase is going to slow down before they eventually start to come down. Because if prices are coming down and and there is deflation then they've got to do something to re-stimulate the, the economy. So just on that, for people that are just in property in, in itself now, would you suggest those people wait to fix their mortgages or would you suggest they do it now? I, I'm not a mortgage advisor, <laughs> so, so, so kind of don't, don't kind of hold me to, to that one. But if I was a, a borrower now, um, I would be looking at a tracker mortgage Okay, with the minimum of ERC, low, lowest possible ERCs, to know that once interest rates do start to come down, so just in I can case make, people don't know ERCs. Sorry, it's the early, early repayment charges, yeah. which which tend the longer the fixed rate that you've got, or the longer the discount period that you've got, the more that lender wants to tie you in for, by charging you to to stay in for longer, because it actually it reflects the cost of them offering you a fixed rate themselves or a discounted rate themselves. So you've got to balance the rate that you pay against the cost that it's going to. It's that, that you're going to experience to get out of that mortgage. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to be kind of following the, 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 the curve for the rates to come down, and then once they start to come down, you then obviously you, you'll get a flavour as to wh- whether they're going to go up or not going to go up. But that's the point, at the low point, where it's time ultimately to, f- to fix in. Um, so I know some people can't do that for you know, personal circumstances, but if you've hit Nirvana, that's what you'd do. So in development sense... Um, Obviously, people are looking to get onto a site. It's probably going to take them six months to get started on a deal. Um, developing out is probably about 12 months and another six months to refinance. So we're looking about two years' time. Um, no one's got a crystal ball. No one knows what's going to happen. But would you say, yeah, in terms of people buying, it's the right time to buy? That's a really good question. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. I'm going to answer it with an example if I, if I can. Yep. Um, so when there are times of economic stress, you end up with people who need to sell more quickly, okay, because of whatever reason that they've got. So take, for example, um, and um, one of the guys within the mastermind had a transaction, which is the one I'm going to use as as an example. So he was buying a property 
in July for £600,000. Okay? He had £200,000 of his own money to put into that deal. So the lending requirement on a purchase price of £600,000 was £400,000. Straight after the mini budget, he managed to renegotiate that purchase price down from £600,000 to £450,000. He still had £200,000 of cash. Okay? Um, so that means that the loan he needed was £250,000, not £400,000. That meant that his interest costs were much lower, um, and the, but the cost of doing the project was 250, 250k, which means that he was going to be all in at 850, so 600 plus 250 is 850, um, with, an, with a sale that he was expecting at somewhere between a, a million and 1.2. So his margin it was going to make was, roughly speaking, 150 to, to 400. Okay. What actually happened by him being able to buy better for 450, his finance costs were cheaper because he needed to borrow less. His bill costs were the same, and and actually he ended up managing to sell the property for 1.2. So that just widened his margins. So you think about it from you know your phrase, Andy, is a is a brilliant phrase. Activity creates opportunity, but also volatility creates opportunity as well. And so where there are times of economic stress, even though your interest cost is likely to go up because you know, the, the, perce the perception of risk is greater and base rates is greater, which means that lenders experience higher costs themselves, actually the materiality of those increased interest costs pen into insignificance compared to the better opportunity there is to buy, to, to buy property and to buy sites because there's less competition for those sites. The vendors are um, more desperate to sell because they see that things are going in the wrong direction. So where there's times of economic stress with an economic um, downturn, actually because you can buy better, you can build better, also labor becomes more available because there's less competition for labor on sites as well. Okay, materials become more available because build as much as over stocks, you can negotiate better prices. Everyone needs to do business. So all that does is it widens your margins. So going back to why I said it's a very exciting time now, it's because the real property players come to town. And I think on that note, a lot of landowners are knowing, and especially when things are in the news, landowners know that property prices are coming down. So generally, and, and it has to come down on land. There's a bit of a lag with land. They expect it and they keep their price high. But when no one's offering at the value that they want, then time takes its toll and people start offering lower and they start accepting a lower offer because they fear that it's going to go lower. So they kind of start to accept offers. So this is what one thing we're saying in the mastermind today is you've got to sort of put your offers in. You've got to get that in front of people to be able to then win the deal later on. You're not expecting to get it now, but you're expecting to get it in a few months' time, but when that starts to lag and then that's the best purchase, and then when you're saying about the potential increase as well, it's now is a good time. 100%. And you think about it from a, from a, a, from a, a Roma point of view, from a lending point of view, um, actually, if, if, our, if our customers can buy better, that means that they're protecting their margins, they can make more money, and if we treat them well, they'll come back to us with more business and it deepens and strengthens and broadens um, that relationship that we've got with them as customers too. And, you know, we'll find other customers that are, you know, like you guys, um, as we have done, um, that we know that or we feel that we can work with for the next five, six, seven years um, as well. So actually, in times of economic downturns, economic stress, that's where the better buying opportunities are. Um, and working with, and, and the other point as well, from a, again, from a Roma point of view, is that 
where there are times of economic stress, say the mainstream lenders tend to get more nervous, okay? Um, and that opens up the market for firms like ours that actually care about our customers, want to see them do well, want to see them make money, um, to build strategic long-term relationships with, with, with good people. I think uh, I've got a couple of examples I want to share about that, actually. Um, you know, we've worked with you for a long time, as we discussed earlier, and we've been through lots of economic, well, minor economic cycles, but also really big things like, you know, COVID. And, um, you know, we were in loans with you when, you know, that international pandemic hit, you know, which was could hardly be foreseen by anybody. And, um, you know, we stopped on our sites because, you know, the whole world closed down, and certainly the UK, all business closed down. We all went into lockdown. And we were on two sites at that time. Certainly one of them was fully funded by Roma. And um, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody had been through that before. So we didn't know how long we'd be in lockdown. We knew how long we'd been told we'd be in lockdown, but obviously we can see now in hindsight that it was a lot longer than that. And um, we stopped our sites, obviously eventually. And if those listening don't can't see how much we need developments in this country, the only thing that didn't stop was developments and building. You know, that shows you what the need is in the country, doesn't it? Every other business, every other trade stopped apart from that. But we did come off site for a little bit because we were trying to control an international pandemic. So we towed the line and then we went back in to finish the sites, obviously, after a month or so. But, you know, I had a lot of conversations with you at that time, you know, living room to living room, you know, um, not just about the loans. You know, it wasn't just a professional conversation, but, you know, supporting each other and what was happening in businesses and things like that. But one thing that Roma did, um, you know, we said, uh, uh, obviously, we were gaining interest. And at that time in the in the housing market for residential loans, you were offered a, a window, maybe three months, where you could um, stop your payments if you needed to take a mortgage holiday. Obviously, it's very different in commercial loans. That, that sort of thing doesn't necessarily happen. It's business. Um, but one thing you did for us on the loan that, um, that, that, um, that we had with you, you gave us that three months. Obviously, we were off-site for a little bit, and you said, look, you know, forget the interest um, forget the, the payments and you can take that three months off. Now, look, I took that very, you know, I was very grateful for that. Then I found out that you did that for every loan that you had on your books, about 240 loans. I was a little bit gutted because I thought it was a personal thing for me. But, but I, you know, I'm saying that because you're, you're a size that you could do that. The big national banks can do that. You know, to work with a personal lender like yourselves, it's not just what I need people to understand here. It's not just about the rate that you look at. Sometimes, you know, you, you, your rate might not look on paper as competitive as a big national bank, but they're missing the point. It's that personal element. And, you know, that, you, know you, you didn't give everyone a loan off. The ones who, you know, we had that conversation, you said those who used it as an excuse didn't get it because, you know, they were already in trouble and they thought, oh, this is an easy one, we'll get some free payments. Do you know how many customers we had, we had who were using it as an excuse? Five. Two. Right, Okay. I know it wasn't two. many, yeah. Out two. of the three customers you had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of, of which you were two of them, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, so, and we so, didn't get it. <laughs> so of, of the customers that um, were impacted by COVID, and obviously you know, the vast majority of our customers were impacted by COVID, um, there were only two customers um, that we did not um, grant any um, forbearance to. Um, and the reason was, was that Actually, they were having problems before COVID. Um, we didn't do any anything that would have, you know, meant that um, they were facing a, you know, a, a default situation. We kind of let those roll. 
But um, ultimately, the idea of lending is that it's there to take you from A to B. Okay, it's a means by it's a means by which you are trying to create value to to um, build something, create something, convert something, um, let something, tenant something. Um, so the vast majority of people aren't doing it because they're wanting to um, screw you over. They're not doing it for, for because they are you know wanting to uh, rob Peter to to pay Paul. They're 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 borrowing the money because actually they can see that by borrowing the money. It's going to enable them to do that, that, and that. Um, and so, again, thinking back to the position that that we occupy in the market, our whole business is predicated around how do we enable good people to make money for themselves and their families, and to do some good to do some good for society as well. I just, I just want to be really clear on that point there, though, as well, that because people might not know the lending market and they might think that every bank did that. I, to this day, I don't know of another bank that did that. You know, another lender, another challenging bank, not on any loan, let alone their whole portfolio of loans. So I think that that goes to show, you know, where you can have a conversation with Roma. You can, you know, you can get some uh, some understanding and, you know, you can, we can have a, talk, a chat with you or your underwriters. And, yeah, that, that made a big difference. But, you know, when, when somebody comes to us and, and says, oh, you know, you are uh, 0.1% more expensive than, than that person over there, we just say go. That's fine. That, that's fine. If price is the most important thing to you, um, and that's your key driver, then we're not the lender for you. Okay, because they're paying for flexibility, aren't they? You, you, you know, it's, it's a little bit like you know, you can drive from um, London to Southampton, okay, and you can do it in a Daimler or a Dacia. Both cars will get you there. Both cars will get you there. At the same time, because they've got to drive at the same speed, but the experience that you have sat in a Daimler will be very different from the experience that you've got sat in a Dacia. Um, and, um, you know, we want our customers to have the Daimler experience, okay? And if it costs 0.1% or whatever it is more than that Dacia experience, believe me, our customers enjoy working with us. Um, and that's why so much of our book um, is from repeat refer referrals and, and direct business. Awesome. So we've got some of your customers in the room. Um, we'll get some questions from these guys in a minute. But before I do that, I want to ask a question that you mentioned earlier about the activity creates opportunity. You mentioned the phrase that we use a lot. What does that phrase mean to you? Activity creates opportunity. Um, you know, I'll I, I give you a perfect example, okay? My daughter um, is, um, has wanted to be a dentist since she was nine years old, okay? Dentistry is incredibly competitive to, to get into. It's um, like pulling teeth, isn't it? It's like pulling, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, and um, she, got, she got four rejections from university last year. She's taken a year out and she's reapplied, okay? And she's a bit, can be a bit down on herself sometimes, and a bit hard on herself. Um, and we were given a contact, and I was driving her mad, Mimi, phone, phone, make the call, because I can't do it for her, because you can't, you know, when you've got a, a, a daughter who's 18, 19, you, they've got to take some accountability responsibility for, them, for themselves too, right? Anyway, she eventually um, messaged the, that person, okay? Silence, nothing happened. Recontact again, nothing happened. Third time of contacting that dentist, it was like she'd forgotten that because she's busy too right with four kids and and a, and a busy business and a busy practice and um, eventually she said come in for the day went in for the day on on sunday um and um the person that she saw happens to know one of the um 
admissions people that runs one of the universities that um, she's applying to gave her the phone number, picked up the phone, had a conversation with her then and there, and said, as a university, we're looking for X, Y, and Z. We've got the interview tomorrow. Okay? Awesome. So she came away from that, and it's nothing to do with property, it's nothing to do with, with, with what we're talking about, but she came away from, from that. And on Sunday evening, she said to me, Daddy, I know now that activity creates opportunity. It's absolutely true. She said, that, that will be my mantra for life. Yeah, brilliant. Well, brilliant. well done for her, and so, hopefully the, uh, the yeah, interview's hopefully. good. Hopefully, yeah. But um, yeah, like with anything, if, you, if anyone's listening to this and thinking about doing something, just do it, because the answers are going to be the same as you are now, or it's going to be better. Or... If you don't ask, yeah. the answer is always no. Exactly. Cool. Talking of asking, let's uh, get some it. questions from the guys. Has anyone got a question for Scott? So before you answer that, I'm just going to re- reiterate the question so that the listeners can hear. So... Um, Kat was saying that she's been bombarded with uh, YouTube adverts and all over the place saying do not buy for 18 months. Is that clickbait or is it true? I would argue that completely the opposite is true. You do your best business when there is less competition for the business you're trying to do. Okay. So if you think back to um, over the past three, four, three, four five years, Everybody wanted to do property, and for every single property that was coming up, or every piece of um, every development opportunity that was, that was coming up, there were X number of bidders for those for those sites for those properties, which drives prices up. Okay, what you're wanting to do is to buy property at this level here. You're wanting to go to an auction when there's nobody else bidding. You're wanting to do a deal with a vendor where there's nobody else biting, and the time for doing those deals. When you know when Main Street is not on Wall Street, okay, the time to do those deals is the, the time to buy is actually when everyone's trying to sell, because that's where you can negotiate the best opportunities. And the time to sell is when everyone's trying to buy. And on that note, think about the commercial agents as well. They they need to sell. So if you're buying from them in a time when they need to sell, who are they going to remember when? That when there's loads of opportunities and you come and say, look, have you got anything for me? Yeah, they'll, they'll help you. You help them, they'll help you. Not only that, but they're, but they're going to, because they're so desperate for the fees from us, because they only get paid when a transaction completes, they're incentivized to see the transactions completing. So when everything's really, really busy and they, just, and they know they can get more and more fees because prices are going up and up and up, they can play one buyer off against the other. But if there's only one buyer there, they are desperate for you to bite, and they will. The influence that they've got over the vendor will often be greater than you could ever imagine. Yeah. And just to, to finish that, don't just buy a deal for the sake of buying it, though. Yeah, just yeah. Make sure it works. Make sure the figures stack up. W- what we're saying to people, just as kind of general rule of thumb, is the property market has, roughly speaking, I know it's different regionally, but the property market has has, has improved by fifteen percent since before the pandemic. Okay, we don't know where it's going to end up. No one does. Um, but if you base your numbers on pre-pandemic levels, so take off 15% of the GDV, work back your costs on current, current um, costings with a contingency, that then gives you the, the, the current value now. In the event that property prices only fall 5%, you're 10% better off. I just want to elaborate slightly on your original point about people jump in 
when it's really um, hyped up and people see, you know, property ladder on the telly and all that kind of stuff, that's when prices are real high. There's, when it's being talked around the dinner tables and, you know, you hear it everywhere, that's when people get the confidence to go in. You know, if you look at it against something like crypto, that's them going in when Bitcoin's at its top price. That's not when you buy something. Mm. Then, you know, they're quick to jump in, but they're also then when it crashes, again, going to crypto, when it drops down, everyone feels like losing money, they get out at the wrong time as well. They're quick to jump out. And that's part of the market room with property. You know, people have seen and heard on the news the last six months, so people are fleeting away from it. But then, as humans, we're scared to then get back in again. We feel like we've been burnt and we've seen that big cycle. So then people are really slow to get back in. So what I think you'll find in your original question is there will be a correction period of time over the next six months, but buying developments, that's our negotiation time. We don't just put an offer in and they say, yes, we've got to put a lower offer in usually than they want, and then it's going to be working our way down over negotiation to get to where we want, and that will happen over the next few months. But then you've probably got the year to get to your 18-month period where you've got that pull where nobody else is buying. After that, people will start getting back in again. So if you waited the 18 months, as you're being told, you're probably going to miss the boat a little bit. Yeah. And you'll be back with everyone else then who's watching the same clickbait and leaving it for 18 months and then creeping their way back in. If it's if it, if it, liken it to our business, okay, when property prices come off, okay, um, that's the time when we've got to help our customers out the most because they are, costs are going up, end values are coming down, et cetera, et cetera. But the really, really, really exciting part is where people are buying at a time when, when actually vendors are having to sell and are able to buy better because it de-risks their position, it de-risks our position, and actually in 18 months' time when people are flooding back in trying to buy and then they're trying to sell, that's when, it, that's when our customers can maximise the margins they're making. And developing really is actually just a margin business. Just numbers. It's numbers. Cool. Any other question? Silence them all. Either it was really rubbish or really good, and I've answered everything. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wasn't good with that take. Let's do another take. <laughs> Let's do it again. Um, no, awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. It's been and, a pleasure uh, to be yeah, here. Thanks for sharing your wisdom of knowledge. Um, just before we leave, what is how can Roma help people? If, they're, if the people are looking for finance funding, what is it that you offer that you can help people at the moment then? Look, we sell money. Um, and our money is no different from anybody else's money. We know that. And therefore, we've got to offer something to our customers that's different from uh, everybody else in the market. Okay, And what we offer um, is service. There is no business in this market that will work with our work with its customers in the way that we work with our customers um, and you made the perfect point Andy that um, you know from your point of view you wanted to feel special and you did feel special um, I can guarantee you that every single one of our customers also we make feel special too we want to see our customers do well we want to see our customers be successful we know that if our customers are successful they will come back and borrow again and our business is predicated around creating customers for life um, where they see property as ways in which they can create you know create value for themselves um, and the people around them awesome so if people want to get in touch with you um, your um, contact details in the show notes so if people click into that they can contact roma and find out if they can get some money off you romafinance.co.uk 
drop that one in as well. <laughs> thank awesome. You. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thanks, Scott. Scott. Awesome. Thank you.